still going. I'm running on fumes, but here I am. I'm still going. Hello and welcome to the Silver Jubilee. It's the 25th edition of the show that all the BDSM driving instructors are calling AI Ottima. I thought the seatbelts were a bit tight. Um, BDSM, or as I call it, Buddhism. I wonder if it would be as popular if everyone called it that. <laughs> Not that popular. Anyway, it's the Internet Stand-Up and Sketch Show written at the last possible minute by a man on the verge of a nervous breakdown who should be getting on with his proper paid work but prefers to come to the Leicester Square Theatre every Monday to repeat the same five jokes in a slightly different order <laughs> for no money. <laughs> Yes, 25 episodes. In a way, we should be celebrating, in a way. And to celebrate this incredible achievement, every school child in the land will be receiving an especially minted commemorative pumpkin. <laughs> a minted pumpkin, as, as I'm sure we all know, is defined thus. You make a jack-o'-lantern, get at least five men to come in said jack-o'-lantern, and then throw in a pack of polo mints. <laughs> Stir for five minutes over a gentle heat, then get a woman to put it on her head. Yep, minted pumpkins there, made especially, made especially for the kids. It's less brackish. Um, they, it's the only way to wean those sweet-toothed idiots onto the real thing. Uh, you, you might be thinking, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hold on, it's dumpkins now, Grandad, but no. It would be irresponsible and perverse to give dumpkins to school children. That is wrong. You make me sick for even thinking about that. And anyway, it's minted pumpkins now, great granddad. And uh, it's a week where I have the moment I've had the exciting news that my unique brand of excrement, sexcrement, and desecration of the sacrament-based jokes are going to be preserved for future generations. On Tuesday, waiting patiently for Dan Tetzel to get up to the microphone for his bit. On Tuesday. Seamless. On Tuesday, I... The rest of the sentence to get I received... I don't think you were coming. I don't think you were going to come. Aren't you too busy with the love beads buzzing away? Oh, love Tuesday... beads don't buzz. Oh. <laughs> On Tuesday... On Tuesday, last Tuesday, I received an email which said... The British Library would like to archive the following website, www.richardherring.com. We select and archive sites to represent aspects of UK documentary heritage, and as a result, they will remain available to researchers in the future. <laughs> That's right. That is right. It's amazing, but it's true. I'm not making this up. My website, my blog, presumably my podcast, are considered of such historical importance they're going to be preserved for future generations. That's better than a Sony award, isn't it? I mean, the... Oh, yeah, Ollie Man from Answer Me This with your Sony Gold Sony Award. You might... Because of that, you might get to review the newspapers on Sky News at 6.30am next to an uninterested Eamon Holmes, which I know because I was up at that time this morning. That's why... I, but are you in the British Library? Of course you're not, Ollie Man. Well, only when you're hanging around the toilets hoping for a bumming off Andrew Collins. Yeah. You are so the letterbox in that arrangement, Ollie Man. You, you wish you were Andrew Collins. That's how low your aspirations are. Why are you so shit? Answer me that. My blog. Yeah. Taken down the rival podcasts. My blog will be used for historical research. I am the new Samuel Pepys. Although he got lucky with some of his source material, he, he got to write about the Great Fire of London, whereas I have to do uh, make do with the Great We of Cafe Nero Hammersmith, which isn't as good. I still did well with it. But I'm glad... I'm glad this is happening, because my humour is so sophisticated that only the evolved human brains of the future will be able to fully appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, sure, you fools of today, like apes that mow and chatter, get some simple enjoyment from the swear words and repetition, repetition of phrases, high-backed armchair. You fucking idiots. But you are not mentally equipped to understand what I'm really doing here. There's levels to this that you can't even see. So let me just say, oh, this is for the people in the future. Hello? Uh, thanks for getting what I'm actually doing. Hope you're enjoying this uh, week's show. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus is in this one. Don't worry. I know, I know you all love that in the year 2525. Even though you don't know who Pippa Middleton is, it takes on a sort of surreal quality. Weird to think that as you listen to this, every person in this room will be dead. Just 
dust and dry bones. Every laugh you hear is the laughter of the doomed. These, <laughs> these people once so full of life now inert, their skulls in permanent silent screams in the soil. And whilst you, O oh future academic, are full of life and joy now, you too one day shall return unto the dust. And so whilst you can laugh heartily as I talk of cumpkins and dumpkins and mint cumpkins, it is now. I don't, I don't know what it will be when you're listening. It'll have moved on. Zumpkins, probably, by the chance you... By the time 25, 25 comes along. Your happiness is tinged with the dread of what is to come, your own inevitable demise. And tonight's audience, The Walking Dead, because you've paid to come and see the show live rather than downloading it for free like all the idiots at home. You have a chance to commune with the future across the unbridgeable chasm of time. Is there anything you'd like to shout out to your silver-clad descendants? A message, message for the few Willies, that is it. That is the message. You had one chance, that's your whole life, that's all that's going to survive from your life, is you shouting willies, you'll be the bloke. Who was that? It was, and that's all he did in his life. He shouted willies. That's gone 500 years into the future. With an academic listening. Uh, but whilst you, our listeners, will remain anonymous and forgotten, the names of a few others will live on, thanks to me, beyond their tawdry lives and unremarkable deaths. Those names are Dan Tetzel, TV's Emma Kennedy, and on the guitar, Christian Riley. Hello, evening. good evening. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Dan Tetzel, hello. What has occurred to you this week? Uh, I, uh, reached, I returned this morning from a weekend with my partner's uh, family. They took a house in Aldborough. <sighs> uh, no, it's fine. It's fine, you know. Uh, some people like families. I, you know, it's good. Uh, I, uh, uh, while I was there, it's quite a beautiful place. There's a uh, toy boat, uh, boating lake. By the, by the seafront, and I was struck by how, you know, uh, idyllic and halcyon that looked. So I decided to buy my sexcrement, uh, and also the sexcrement of my sister's sisters. Uh, my daughter's, no. Yeah, my sister, my partner's sisters, no, my partner's sister. They, there were lots of kids there anyway, and I, uh, I bought them all little toy, wooden toy boats, uh, handmade boats. They're beautiful, they're really lovely. And, uh, uh, and, and slightly ruined by them being called eight-inch chubbies. Though <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to say, that is one of the reasons I bought them. Because I, I, I could have gone for the ten-inch bum-pleasers, but uh, I went for the... Uh, I wish I hadn't said that now. Uh, but, yeah, eight-inch chubbies. Good. Yeah. Emma Kennedy, yeah. but happy birthday. Your birthday Thanks. this week, 14... Forty-nine years old, Emma Kennedy. Forty-nine. Doesn't look bad, does she, for forty-nine? No, Looks pretty not, good for no, forty-nine. No, forty-nine I'm, years old. I'm forty-four. Forty-four. No, forty-four. 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 Yeah, you look pretty bad for forty-four. <laughs> right? For forty-nine, it may be amazing, wouldn't she, if she was forty-nine? Anything occurred to you this week in the week of your birthday? Well, well, just uh, just reminded me what you said about the eighteen-inch chubbies. Um, it was a good birthday yeah, then. The wow. Is I, I was staying in East Kilbride and I was there. What's with, everyone travelling around this week for? I'm in Amsterdam. Fuck you. I was, stay, <laughs> I, was, I was staying with a friend of mine who, who is a homosexualist gentleman and he's just moved to East Kilbride. And uh, I looked at, 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 at sort of a, about six months ago, he showed me the brochure to his new house and I pointed to the address and I said, Surely, surely that's a joke. Surely that's a joke. And he hadn't realised because his new house is 24-inch Keith. <laughs> and uh, that's given any gay listeners in East Kilbride uh, some, a little lead there on where you may want to... Yeah. It's yeah. difficult to live but up to the expectations. It was so. good, yeah, so it was that. And then, and then my mother, I saw my mother yesterday for my birthday lunch and she actually asked me how old I was. <laughs> 49. So, uh, and Christian, what has occurred to you this week? I can't wait. <laughs> it's always my favourite bit of the show. Yeah, no, I think it's a high point, isn't it? It is. Uh, it's, it's almost more dangerous than asking people in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm going to say is, uh, Lambert Opic likes Wonky Face. Does he? He likes it. He's, he's liked it uh, on fa Facebook Live. He's liked it. I mean, that's, he's liked it. Has so, he? Is it definitely so, him? Well, you wouldn't pretend to be Lambert Opic, would you? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, oh yeah, somebody, another comedian wrote to me last week and said that last week's song should have been called, he said, I know it's really annoying when people do this, 
who said it should have been called Here Comes the Bum. Right. Uh, and he, yeah. he's right, it's really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't think of that, did you? It's annoying. No, I mean, if I could have thought of something, I'd be making like 86 pounds. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> right. If you only thought of that, changing the word yeah. son to bum, which I imagine Dan Tetzel's child has managed to make that joke <laughs> already. Anyway, let's see what else has occurred to me this week. Tuesday. Uh, twice wrong rapture predictor Harold Camping came out of hiding to reveal that he'd once again made a mistake with his sums and we'd work that out. And in fact, the rapture is not going to happen the 21st of May. That was wrong. It's the 21st of October now, which is actually my non-imaginary girlfriend's non-imaginary birthday. Uh, she was annoyed with this news, not because she now has only five months to live, which we'd think would worry her, but because... It's going to really still focus from me on my special day. Yeah. <laughs> Women, eh? Brilliant. So she's right about that, but it's more annoying for me because I'm going to have to waste money on a birthday present that she's not going to have any time to use. That is a... Uh, Come on, Jesus, you're out there. Be a mate. Make it a day earlier and I'll be quids in. Uh, mind you, when that fiery pits of hell open up beneath our feet, it's going to be really tempting for me to push her in. Um, Sunday. Uh, ten people have died in Germany as a result of eating killer, killer cucumbers, which is the second most embarrassing way to be killed by a cucumber. Uh, <laughs> They say they've been eaten, they, they say they, they've eaten the cucumbers, but it can, can it be a coincidence that all the deaths have happened in Germany, a place that makes all its food in easy to insert anal form. <laughs> a country which spawned Dan Tetzel, the famous anal dildo fetishist, he has anal dildo's name. Can a cucumber really kill you if you eat it? Or is it more likely the time of this? Did Dan Tetzel smuggle those cucumbers back through customs in New York the, in the way that felt natural to him? A cucumber can't kill you on its own. Then it became infected. Other German people bought those cucumbers. They weren't going to eat. They didn't eat vegetables in Germany. They were going to... They inserted them. That's, that is what I happened. And if anyone's relatives died, who listened to I'm sorry. But uh, all that, it could be that the, the cucumbers are trying to get us back. You know, we've been horrible to the cucumbers in the past, slicing them up, putting them in salads and sandwiches, then removing them from the salads and sandwiches and throwing them away. It's not a surprise the cucumbers are trying to get us back. It's a planet of the cucumbers situation, I think, is developing. You see if I'm wrong. You're laughing now, some of you. <laughs> Don't you you see if I'm right. I don't say I didn't warn you. Monday. Canadian couple Kathy Witterick and David Stocker have been defending their decision, and this is true, to keep the sex of their four-month-old baby Storm a secret. Uh, Miss Witterick told the Toronto Star that the idea that... The whole world must know what is between the baby's legs is unhealthy, unsafe and viristic, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. That is a genuine quote. <laughs> Don't laugh too much now. There's a lot more of that to come. And it's, um, it's hard to argue with, with that, isn't it? Unless you have a tiny remaining vestige of sanity, in which case it is easy. Much healthier, of course, that what is between a baby's legs should remain secret and shameful and unknown and a cause of speculation. <laughs> around the whole world in the media, because we all know from the super injunction thing, don't we, that, that keeping things secret doesn't make people desperate to find out the truth. So all they're doing in keeping this secret is making it m obvious that more people will want to look at their baby's genitals, people who would never have wanted to look at them before. They'll now be desperately trying to look down in that baby's nappy. Uh, and that's disgusting. And they've set themselves an almost impossible challenge, because they know what sex the child is, but they, after the rest of their life, they've got to talk about the baby without actually saying him or her or my son or my daughter. They've got to try to go it or him or her, they've got to say. Every time they talk about it, they're going to have to say him or her. They'll have to call him or her, him or her, and they're bound to slip up at some point and say him or her <laughs> instead of him or her. And then they'll have to quickly say or her or, or him, depending which one. They said, and it'll be obvious which one it is because they'll be going him or her. Uh, so, you know, it, it's going to be very difficult for them to get through their whole life. Storm may be only four months old, but you can tell from his, 
It's obviously a boy. You, if you just look at, I don't know if you've seen the picture of it. It's just like, there are more ways of telling the sex of a child than its genitals. I don't know if these people have realised that. It's a big fat little boy. Uh, if you go and look up the picture, I might put it on as a, like the picture on the on the podcast if you're listening at home. Uh, <laughs> you can tell from his upset and confused face that he already knows his life is fucked up beyond repair. <laughs> I genuinely haven't seen the look on, on the face of that look on the face of a baby since I last checked Amazon and saw a hundred books about baby massaging, which is exactly. <laughs> the same it, I'll put them up they're exactly the same face <laughs> surely the only way to ensure that Storm doesn't find out that he is a boy because he is a boy is to put him in blinkers for the rest of his life and tie his hands behind his back so he can't touch himself only then will his parents save him from untold psychological damage as it occurs to me it was as if Someone had passed a stool in my one good ear. <laughs> this week's that's a one-star iTunes review. Uh, that came that came from someone called Great Big Terry, and uh, rarely has an iTunes comment and moniker given us so much information about a person in so few words, and yet left so many questions tantalisingly unanswered. Who is this great and big Terry? In what way is he great? Is he big or is he just fantastic? In what direction is he big? Is he broad or tall or both? How did he lose the hearing in one of his ears? Why would he even consider the possibility of someone shitting in his aural cavity? Has it happened before? Is that how he lost the hearing in his one bad ear? I can only think of Great Big Terry as pinners brimming with excrement, unable to enjoy this show, worrying it might be in stereo. It isn't, it's in mono, don't worry, you're getting everything you can get out of this. God bless you, Great Big Terry, and all who defecate in your, an in your anal canal, I was gonna say. Your oral canal, oral canal. But have a go at, have a go at <laughs> I'm going to go shitting in his anal canal. That would be quite good fun. I don't know if anyone's tried that. Dan? <laughs> Saturday. Uh, new pumpkin. So this weekend I was, um, this weekend I was performing at the Amsterdam, Amsterdam Comedy Festival. I'm an, an international comedian. Uh, I flew with EasyJet because I enjoy being stripped of my humanity, dignity, and being treated worse than veal being transported to the abattoir. Uh, on the way back, me and my fellow victims on my flight were herded into a tiny room with no seats in it. I couldn't understand. We were down this room for about 30 minutes, having to stand, waiting for the plane to arrive and for it to be deloused. Uh, there, there seemed no need for such treatment. I can only imagine that Ian EasyJet, the, the owner of EasyJet, Ian EasyJet, gets off on seeing people in extreme discomfort. He's watching the whole thing somewhere on closed circuit TV, sat in a high-backed armchair with a semicircular toilet mat around it making his own amusement. Um, the thing about EasyJet is you're allowed to pay extra money to get what's called a speedy boarding pass, right? Which means you pay like 10 pounds extra for the flight and you get to go in a special cordoned off area where there are a few seats, not enough to accommodate everyone. That's why you're waiting. And then you get to go on the plane uh, first and sit wherever you like at the front if you want. But the thing is, you're still traveling on EasyJet. It doesn't make, they, those people walk around as if they're the fucking kings of the earth. And yeah, we, get, we get to go on the plane. First, we're better than, you're not better than me, you're still on EasyJet, go on British Airways if you're better than me, in first class. That doesn't make first class, does it, getting to sit where you want in the plane. And it's actually better to wait until the end, like I do, because then you don't have to stand up for ages, and then you can see where people are sitting, and you can choose who you want to sit near. And I found a whole row of empty seats, and I sat there with my friend. So fuck you with your £10, think you're better than me, you're not. Just makes you the scum on top of the scum, that's all you are. Anyway, I was stood with another comedian waiting for this hell to be over, and a man behind me just tugged, without asking, tugged rather forcefully at my arm. Excuse me, can I just ask, um, are you the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor? No. No, I'm not. I'm not him. Are you sure? Yeah, I am pretty sure about it. I think I would remember motorcycling around the world. Yeah, I think I'd... It's just I've been standing here looking at you, and I, I thought you looked like someone, and I was 
Yeah, I was pretty sure it was the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor. No, I do get that quite a lot. That's happened before. But the bloke, the guy who cycled, motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor, he's over six foot tall uh-huh. and hideously ugly. Oh. So, no, I am not. I am not him. Thanks for asking. Oh, sure, I recognised you from somewhere. See, he was fishing now. Uh, he thought he'd recognise me. He didn't know who I was. I wasn't going to help him, though, because the rules of minor celebrity spotting are that if you can identify the minor celebrity correctly by name then they must chat with you for at least 30 seconds. But if you get the wrong minor celebrity's name or the person, they're under no obligation to converse with you. They can shun you and you have to shut up. You might say, oh, come on, he's half recognised you. He's made an incorrect guess. Why not just be a nice guy? Put him out of his misery. Tell him who you are. But I'd reply, I have some fucking pride. I'm not going to beg for Charlie Borman's scraps. So I said, even I said it, even if I... Yeah. I was confused by the script. Whoever wrote, wrote this script, but it is a different person saying it. So I, I wrote the script. So I, what I said, I just wanted to pause for dramatic effect. Even if I had been the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor, I'd be pretty fucked off if you'd referred to me, to my face, as the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor, rather than by my actual name. So I'd probably say I wasn't the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor, even if I was the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor. So does that mean you are the guy who <laughs> makes it? No, just, no. Just that maybe you should get your facts straight before you interrupt, drunk, up, interrupt someone when they're waiting for the easy jet to start. I'm an important person. I'm not him, so there you go. If I was the guy who motorcycled around the world, you and McGregor, do you really think I'd be flying on EasyJet? I would at least have paid for priority boarding if I was. Or I'd have just rung up Ewan McGregor and said, hey, do you want to do some motorcycling with me from Amsterdam to London? It'd be cool. What? Oh, right, you... Well, oh, you're busy this week, yeah. What, uh, what about another date? Oh, you're busy then as well. I didn't, I, you and I didn't actually tell you what the other date was, though. I'm not him. Are, are you sure? You, you sound like you know a lot about how his life must be. I am not, I'm not. The Sorry, it's just been really bugging me. I, I overheard you talking about a TV show you've been on, so I thought you might be him. What the fuck? He was getting really weird now. He'd been listening into our conversation, and perhaps he couldn't help overhearing, given the close quarters we've been herded into by the EasyJet Nazis. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm comparing them to. But to blatantly admit it and bring up that he'd been listening, what was wrong with him? I said, no, I'm definitely not the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor. All right. All right, no need to be a prick about it. (laughs) Of course, I could have prevented all of this by sating his curiosity immediately. And afterwards, I regretted the way I behaved. It was childish. I'd do it all differently if I could turn back time. (laughs) Thanks to the magic of AI Optima. I can. If I could turn back time. What would I do differently? Oh, 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 if I could turn back time. Excuse me, can I just ask, are you the guy who motorcycled round the world with Ewan McGregor? Yep, that's me. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's who I am, I'm the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor. Nice to meet you, how are you doing? Oh yeah, all right, thanks. Yeah. What can I do for you? Oh, oh nothing, I just, I just recognised you and I just wanted to say hi. Sorry. I have forgotten your name. Don't worry about it. I actually prefer just being called the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor. It's easier, isn't it? And let's face it, that is who I am, isn't it? I'm the bloke who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor. That's, that defines me. I have done nothing else in my life. Oh, no, I've just remembered. You were in that film, uh, The Emerald Forest? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. All I have done is motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor. Though, you know, it could be worse. I'm proud. I could just be a bloke who looks like the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor. I'm at least better than that guy, aren't I? The guy, I have at least motorcycled around the world and I am friends with Ewan McGregor. Can I get your autograph? Yep, anything for a fan and anyone who's fan enough to recognise me as the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor. Oh, that makes you a big enough fan for me. What's, what's your name? Uh, Simon. Cool. To Simon, great to meet you. Love the guy who motorcycles <laughs> around the world with Ewan McGregor. Oh, cheers, cheers. Yeah, I love motorcycling, me. Some, some people. Some people. The catchphrase is not yet over. Do not applaud until the end. This is the longest catchphrase in the world. I love motorcycling, me. Some people like cycling on a normal bike. Not me. I say, why pedal around? We can have a bike that doesn't need to be pedaled with all an engine and stuff on it. Ah, ah. Yeah, 
I get on my Kawasaki? That, that type of motorcycle? Yeah. Give old June McGregor a call? Then ram, off we go. That's both of us. Ram, that's his. Ram, that's my Kawasaki. Right. Do you like motorcycling? Uh, Why don't you come on my next trip? You could be the guy who motorcycles around the w world with the guy who motorcycles around the world with you and McGregor. People might half recognise you at airports or think that other people are you when they're not. Imagine being mistaken for the guy who motorcycles around the world with the guy who motorcycles around the world with you and McGregor. How small would that make a minor celebrity feel awful? Sorry? Do you want to come motorcycling around the world with me or nothing? Um, yeah, alright, yeah. I, I don't have a motorcycle though. Oh, uh, why, why don't you go and buy a motorcycle? Okay, I'd recommend yeah. uh, the Kawasaki is a good, good model. Yeah, sounds like that. Get that. Believable. Go and buy yeah. some motorcycling clothes. I know, I know the address of a good shop oh, you can go to. Then uh, come around to my house. Here's my address. We'll motorcycle around the world. Let's go. Let's see us. That's on us motorcycling. Brilliant. 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 Uh, then, later, when he turned up at my house... Hello? Oh, hi, guy who motorcycles around the world with Ewan McGregor. It, it's me, the guy who motorcycles around the world with the guy who motorcycles around the world with Ewan McGregor. I'm ready to motorcycle around the world. Really? That's interesting, because <laughs> uh, actually, you were mistaken. Oh. I'm not the guy who motorcycles around the world with you and Gregor. I am actually the guy who used to be on that thing back in the 1990s. Remember, it had a big talking pumpkin in it or something with, <laughs> with Stuart Lee. Not you and McGregor, Stuart Lee. So I can't even motorcycle. I tricked you. Maybe you should get better at spotting vaguely recognisable minor celebrities in the future. I hope you've learned your lesson. Slam! <laughs> oh. If I could turn back time. What would I do differently? I pretend to be the guy who motorcycled around the world with you and McGregor in order to play a practical joke on the man who mistakenly thought I was the guy who motorcycled around the world with you and McGregor. And then when he bought his own motorcycle, I would reveal that I wasn't the guy who motorcycled around the world with you and McGregor. If I could turn back time. sketch so let's go down in the audience let's go down to the audience to see you can do that on the tv i probably wouldn't let you so let's go down into the audience to see what has occurred to them this week remembering remember the thing i said uh, andy mccache you're a reliable witness what does what's occurred to you this week well it just occurred to me 15 minutes ago it occurred to you 15 minutes ago yeah, you're listening to Emma's story about East Kilbride. I grew up in East Kilbride. You grew up in East Kilbride. And I grew up in 10-inch Keith. <laughs> you grew up in 10-inch ten, ten Keith. <laughs> grew up in 10-inch Keith. Andy McCage. I was asked a, minute, a few minutes ago that there was anything funny about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's only just realised <laughs> there was anything funny about it. Very good. Andy oh, McCage. Andy. Well, if you want to pop over to 24-inch Keith, <laughs> I think there's some fun to be had. There's a young gentleman here in a little hooded uh, top. I'm not going to use that judge eventually to show about not judging, the, but don't prove me wrong by being a thug. <laughs> well, it's, what's, uh, what's your name? Uh, Lewis. Lewis, uh, what, what's, what has occurred to you this week? Um, I learned about you in history. You learned about me in history. I, I've, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have been, I've said... Uh, I saw this on Twitter. He's not Lewis, that old. Lewis. <laughs> apparently, apparently I am. So what's the what's the story? You've there, I was in a history lesson. What was the history lesson about? It was religion. Religion. Uh, religion in cultural Britain. Uh, Richard Herring versus Anne Widdicombe. That is a wrestling match. I would like to see. <laughs> Genuinely, I've been. Is this on the school curriculum or just as your teacher in Nutcase? Uh, yes, she's in Nutcase. In religious studies, is this is that? So, or is, in history, yeah, of course it is, you said that, yeah, I should listen. Uh, in history, so it's, that is a terrible thing to think, isn't it? That I'm part of history. In the same week that I've been archived in the British Library, those two things actually came into my Twitter at about the same time. History, I thought, am I actually dead? Maybe I am dead. Yeah. Can, I, can I ask a supplementary follow-up yes. question? Is it what level, is this like degree <laughs> level or remedial? Where, where is it falling? Is this a proper, is it what? 
You're flying from Mumbai to London. There were two Catholic nuns on your plane. Yeah, and they look quite similar. They look quite similar. They do, they do. It's racist. That is a racist thing to say. But they do. They dress the same. It occurred to me that at any given time, there are at least two nuns in the same plane as I. At any given time, there are at least two nuns on the same plane as you. What do you think? You're saying some kind of nun fanny magnet? Is that what you are? That nuns can't. None see you. What's your name? Siddharth. Siddharth. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, good. Answer. That's good. I tried to do it in a proper Indian accent and everything. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. So the, the, you've got nuns stalking you. Maybe. Uh... Stuart Lee understood that. Stuart Lee understood it. I don't understand. Uh, two nuns. Yeah, yeah, two nuns. Yeah. Oh, it's a joke. I didn't get it. A Euclidean geometry based joke. Yeah, that's all, those are my, amongst my favourite ones. Part of the reason was because he was saying Euclidean geometry over and over again. That's what he does, isn't he? He says Euclidean. He just says the same thing over and over again. It's not like me. I do. I, you do I wouldn't where's do, the soap? I wouldn't do a 15 minute sketch. You saw two nuts, you do the where's, where's the, the soap, soap joke. Yeah, yeah or. Uh, <laughs> or show him your cross. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that one. One at a stroke. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't get the joke, but I'm not as clever as a student. Well, thank you, thank you for coming to, from Mumbai to see the show. Uh, <laughs> two nuns every, two nuns every day. Yeah. Uh, it takes all sorts. Uh, we'll go for a lady. There's a lady there. Hello, madam. Oh, hello. Hello. What's your name? Oh, mine's Kirsty. Kirsty, lovely name. What occurred to me this week? What occurred to Kirsty this week is? You were supposed to go and see Duran Duran, not the only one. Yeah. Emma Kennedy also. I've got something even worse to tell you. Carry on. I just think Le Bon needs to man up. Oh. His larynx, his Le Bon's larynx is gone. You think he needs to man up? Yeah, I've been, I got up at six o'clock this morning. Fuck. Are you, I've been are ill. you a big Duran Duran fan? You big Duran Duran. Okay, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. She's quoting the, uh, the lyrics to Rio. Because it was. Just so the people at home know. That's it, how big a fan she is. Because. You know. I know the fucking lyrics of that. You think. You think you're an easy on me, you're about as easy as a nuclear war. I fucking hate Duran Duran. Idiots. Check this out. Because, well, because, shut up! Because, because it was it's my like birthday. It's like the I can't forget that. She's jealous. Oh, I'm just ignoring him. Because it was my birthday, Why they had arranged... Why did we just my register to sing? Well, boys! They had arranged for me to be given a birthday cake by Duran Duran oh. backstage. I fucking hate Simon <laughs> Le Bon. Yeah, You've let a lot of people down, Le Bon. A lot of... And they're not the kind of people you want to let down, the people in my audience, because they will hunt you down and kill you. They have the... They have the means. I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm here, if that makes sense. Does that make it up for you? Yeah. You love me, but you don't know all the lyrics to my the motorcycle clothing shop. It's what won me the chortle award. It was. Thank you. It's what won me the chortle award. I went round to my friends and just got very drunk. You went round to your friends, got very drunk. Yeah. And then sadly, I left my copy of I left my tent in San Francisco on a train. She left a copy of I left my tent in San Francisco. This could be a new book. I left my copy of. You should write this up, this is incredible. If Emma Kennedy can write a book, any fucker can. I'm telling you that right now. Just have to write down the stuff. There's loads in that remainder bookshop near me. <laughs> Are you hoping to get a free copy? Because it's not going to fucking happen. I'm telling you that now. She holds on to those. I, had to, I bought my own copy of her book. I would, actually, I would actually give you one, but I haven't got any left now. Yeah, because they've all sold out. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Waterstones, go and buy her a copy and come back. Yeah, all we're right. waiting for you. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to come back next week? All right, I'll get you a coffee. Oh, you can't wait, though, surely. It's such an exciting book, you couldn't wait a week. 
We'll go for one more. Uh, oh, we're close. Hello. This is our friend from earlier on. The first half you've been here at uh, home. If you've been here, you'd have seen this. Me sexually harassing this woman. I may do it again. <laughs> Remind me of your name? Meredith. Meredith, of course it is. And what's your, what has occurred to you this week, Meredith? I got a text. You got a text? I thought I got attacked. I thought it was going to be... <laughs> I didn't attack you! Don't fucking... Ch- I've got witnesses here. I may have sexually, you know, it's verbally sexually assaulted you, but that is a di- very different crime. Uh, you got a text, sorry, you got a text. The text said was, oh my God, how long do pubes take to grow back? <laughs> the, text, the text said, oh my God, how, do, how long do pubes take to grow back? And do you know who it was from? Because I, I, I was from your friend. <laughs> it was from the young lady. The young lady in the first half said she might consider having sex with a 44-year-old man. She has. There is an explanation. You were shaving off your pubic hair to... It's worse than that. She thought it would be funny to shave all of her pubic hair away and leave a smiley face. Her friend thought it would be funny to shave all her pubic hair away and leave a smiley face. And she's actually, if you've been here to see this, she's actually now showing the rest of the audience what that looks like. And it's... It's been worth £14 to come and see that alone, actually. There's, there are two attractive women in the audience tonight. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, at least two. <laughs> so you should have, you could have seen, it would have amazed. Well, thank you for sharing that. What's your name again? Emily. 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 So where, where'd you go to college? In Rygate. So if anyone's listening in Rygate, they want to... The most people know anyway, because yes. Get drunk down in the bar. <laughs> so once you've got it, you might as well show it off. If you've got it, flaunt it. If you've got, I'll, I'll do it next week. I'll do. I'll try and get my pubic hair shaved into a probably be some kind of elephant shape. There's, there's not much a man can do, is there? To, once you start taking the pubic hair away as a man, it's not. It makes it look bigger, Graham. That's the thing to remember. If you take it off the, take it away from the base. Just shave around the base. I'm sure you've seen this in porn films, but if you, if you, you'll notice they shave it, it, makes it, it makes, gives the appearance. It's better than um, what some people do, is they cut the guy ropes uh, in, inside, they get it, not themselves, don't do this on your own. You have to get a surgeon to do it. There's a lot, it's like, um, it's like a kind of iceberg, the penis. I know, I know that I did it. It's sort of like an iceberg, but you know, most of it's not, well, hopefully most of it's on the outside. It's sort of a reverse, reverse. I, this is all for you, Graham. Graham tricks. There's about there's a good inch of penis there, just kind of in there. If you're a bit chubby, a bit more than an inch if you're lucky, mate. So uh, you cut the guy ropes and you can push. Look, this is education. Oh, it's a beautiful. The penis is a beautiful thing. It leads to some stability problems. Because you there, no, you the guy. It's like a tent. I left my tent in San Francisco. This is the worst place to leave it. Uh, and uh, but it gives you another inch. But I, what I'm saying, Graham, if you're worried about this, I was, he's been emailing me quite a lot about it, and I thought this was the best time. I thought it was the best time to discuss it. Graham tricks his penis problem. Just shave some of the pubic hair away. It's worked on your head, hasn't it? So there we go. So um. Ah, he hadn't even done anything. Uh, he can take it. Uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll actually because. Um, I was going to ask uh, the cast. We this on Saturday. I came back from Amsterdam, and uh, we at my house. We we're having a pie because you know it's, I thought it'd be good to get drunk for two nights in a row when I had a, as it occurs to me coming up. And we uh, the theme of the party was come as your teenage self right. as your party. And so I went to that party, and everyone thought I was making this up. I went wearing a, an old man's jacket mm. and three ties. <laughs> okay, so three ties in a row, and everyone going, "Why are you doing that? You didn't dress like that as a teenager." I did. <laughs> On occasion, I usually had one tie, but sometimes there's a kind of... I was a bit wacky and I was satirising fashion. (laughs) You heard my poetry, it was about the same time as the poems. Why why did I lose my virginity when I was nearly 20? I can't understand it. You'd think a man, a young man walking around with an old man's jacket and three kipper ties. Don't you think that girls would go crazy for that? Do you have any memories of teenage parties, Dan? They're all uh, horrible, as you remember. Uh, I, I would have had to wear a waistcoat, I think, possibly to go to your party. That would have been embarrassing. Uh, I have a vague memory of telling some talking at great length about Brechtian 
theory. But, you know, quite embarrassing to try and impress a girl. Uh, did it work? No, 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 no really no, didn't. No, no, we had little success. I, I would have been dressed uh, as sort of a reject from Haircut 100. Yeah. And uh, the, the best thing that ever happened at a teenage party I, I went to, uh, apologies if you've heard this story before, <laughs> uh, but our, we, we had a racy girl at our school um, called Monica. And uh, she had a brace. And it was, and it was one that, you know, when you get... It, who, it, obviously, probably loads of people here have had a brace, but you know when they snip that bit in the middle where, when you're about a month off from not having to have it anymore and you're forever catching your lip in it? Anyway, so she goes to a garden shed with a, a young man. And the next thing we know, <laughs> blood-curdling screams. <laughs> blood curdling like like a wounded animal like a sound i have never heard before or since and uh her brace had become impaled in the young man's penis but but the best bit was that they had to call an ambulance because she couldn't get the brace out of his penis and we all stood watching while this boy was carried out on a stretcher with Monica West scuttling alongside <laughs> with her head under a red blanket. To be fair, he had been wearing a T-shirt saying, give me head till I'm dead. So <laughs> You had to come and see the show to get that one or buy one of my other DVDs. <laughs> Uh, I remember it, we, Brian Bancroft, we had a very wild party at Brian Bancroft's house when his parents were away. Sorry if I'm dobbing you in, Brian, getting you in trouble. Uh, and we, so we did all kinds of terrible things there, but we did draw cocks behind all of the pictures <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> and uh, I've noticed that house is up for sale. I, I, I'm, I'm tempted to... <laughs> it was 30 years ago, yeah. but I'm tempted to go and buy that house to see if the cocks are still... By Waxy, still <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good, we'll move on. So, uh, unless, have you got, have you got any? No, let's move on. Do, a, do that. Do a sting. The, yeah, there's a sting. Page 14, sting. Yeah. As it occurs to me, the awkward audience interaction is over. Now it's ready for the awkward scripted material. Good. Uh, thank you very much. Well done to you. Very good. You're, you're the best audience. You've been very good all, all night, in fact, but so you're the best. Not much to beat this season, I have to say. But uh, diaries have always been popular, haven't they? From Adrian Mole to Bridget Jones. So that one hit the did and then pretended he didn't write because he got embarrassed about some of the stuff he said. But now <laughs> I fancy Himmler. Uh, now there's uh, a new skid on the block. It's time for the diary of Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. The diary of Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. <laughs> truth universally acknowledged that a woman in possession of a good buttock must be in want of tabloid newspapers taking photos of her ass without her permission at every given opportunity. But the truth that no one acknowledges is that the anus, the bum, a bullet hole, if you will, <laughs> is the more important part. Well, this is one sphincter that is prepared to make a stink about it. Hello, it's me, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. A humble disembodied anus of the sister of the future queen, just trying to make a skid mark on the world. With this, my unexpurgated diary. This week, I got a call from my manager. Seriously, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus, you have to stop ringing me, I've got nothing for you. Haven't nuts got back to you about the photo shoot? Look, why don't you listen? I have no ears. I'm in. I'm in anus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they got back and they said no. They oh. are a respectable magazine. They can't be having discarnated ring pieces displayed on their pages. They, they've got standards up hold. If they put a picture of you, they'd have to take out one of the pictures of vulnerable young actresses with their fingers hooked into their pants and their breasts pressed against the breasts of another vulnerable young actress while sucking on their fingers as if it was the reader's penis. I mean, imagine the disgust if you were all right if there was a picture of a disembodied tradesman's entrance there instead. You know what I mean? Well, well, maybe if you got me a date with Lee from Blue, then 
Edipurian tabloids. Lee from Blue is not interested in disembodied, disembodied anuses. <laughs> He's very strict on that. He needs something attacked. Now, Simon, yeah, not so much. But anyway. Now listen, Pippin Middleton's anus, the British yes. public, they're just not ready for a celebrity disembodied mudship. There won't be silence. I am anus. Hear me up. Yeah, oh, God, here you go. No, all right, all right, love, all right. Yeah, yeah, please stop it, yeah. There was one call that come in for you. I oh, didn't want to mention it. Oh, I don't care what it is. I'll do anything, anything to overshadow Pippa Middleton's buttocks. Yeah, it's, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Oh, that's brilliant. That's launched a lot of careers. Yeah, it's just... Oh, know, sign me up. I'm oh. going to be a starfish. <laughs> and by the end of the week, I was in the jungle. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Thank you. I'll read, little Chris. You got four stars. <laughs> but if you want to get number five, you're gonna have to eat this. Oh, why I? It's this is the other one. Why I? <laughs> it's Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. Oh God, no, no. Go on, eat the anus. Go on. Okay. Oh, oh my, it's yes. yes, look at me. I'm on TV. Oh. Who is best now? I don't see Pippa Middleton's ass on TV. Oh, Just me. Funny. I am anus. Hear me. Oh, oh God, God, I'm my mouth. No. Oh, little Chris. I'm sponsored by Lidl. Me mouth. Another increasingly desperate Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus appearance. She slash it will be back next week, I expect. As it occurs to me, I thought the seatbelts were a bit tight. Now it's uh, now it's time for a regular new section on the show, which uh, many of you enjoyed. It's uh, where I examine the ethics of something I've done or failed to do in the last seven days, and the audience decide if I've acted morally, immorally, or amorally. For those of you who don't know what being amoral is, it's lacking any moral sense at all, rather than being immoral, which is deliberately not conforming to other people's sense of morality. Hope that's cleared it up. <laughs> Clearly, in doing this section, I must have a notion of morality, because that's what it's about. So if you vote that I'm amoral, then you am a twat. But uh, I'll still, I'm still going to give you that option, so don't worry. It's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral When morals get hazy, our scruples get lazy, our conscience goes crazy, we listen exclusively to the music of hazy fantasy. We get trapped in the mazy. It's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, moral maze. The theme song is the best bit for this. <laughs> this week on The Moral Maze, Bin Porn. It's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, Bin Porn! <laughs> when I was travelling out to Amsterdam from London, I was flying on EasyJet, remember? Uh, we, at least in London, we had some, we could wait, we were sitting down while we were waiting to board. Uh, some people were desperately queuing up, trying to get on the plane first, as I've explained. They should have understood that there are seats for everyone in the plane. You don't have to worry. You don't get there any quicker. Uh, <laughs> we all get there at the same time. You have to wait for the little train at the other end. Oh, you fucking idiots. Uh, but uh, Ian EasyJet can't uh, get aroused if you're seated, so do sit down and don't queue up. Uh, but there were, there were lots of groups of nasty-looking men going to Amsterdam for the weekend for some reason. I don't think they were going to see the Van Gogh Museum, I have to say, though. If they were interested in seeing naked ladies, they were going to the wrong place. I tell you, Prague is where you have to go. <laughs> For the deluxe pussies. That's the thing. If you go to, if you go to Amsterdam, I'm just going to see normal Dutch pussies. So Prague, that's where it is. The deluxe pussies. Anyway, I uh, I popped to the loop while everyone else was queuing up, and at the front of the queue, I passed the bin in full sight of everyone in the queue. Right? And I glanced into the bin. I noticed that someone into that bin in the morning time on Friday, they'd thrown away a porn mag. It was open, and you could see a picture of this. They were so desperate for their porn fix that so they. They needed to have a porn mag to get them to the airport, to tide them over. They were going to Amsterdam, but they couldn't go for that two hours without having a porn mag. But now, bravely, just before the flight, they decided, oh, I'll throw that away, I've got an hour flight, I can cope for an hour. Then I'll pick up some more porn at the other end. At least I won't go through customs with 
my pawn for, you know, that's nice. So they'd, they could almost smell the red light just from where they were now, so they weren't too worried. But uh, the pawn mag was open, there was a sad-eyed, topless woman staring out from amongst the rubbish, right? And I felt uncomfortable about this situation, so I, I thought I should act about it, because there were, there, were, there were a lot of reasons uh, why not to leave it there, right? Because, uh, A, the porn mag might be seen by a child, right? It was there open on top of a bin, they should be protected from such things, I think. Uh, secondly, uh, the magazine was paper, right? But it had been placed in a regular bin. Uh, and there were, if it was going to be thrown, there were a lot of recycling bins around it, uh, Stansted Airport. So that was wrong, it should at least have been recycled properly. Thirdly, as a gentleman, I owed the young lady in the picture the dignity of not being displayed like that in a bin of all places. A gallant man would rescue her from this humiliation, that's what I was thinking. Fourthly, the young ladies in that magazine had kindly posed nude for masturbatory pleasure of gentlemen, and to just throw them away unused, I think was deeply disrespectful. <laughs> to them and what they did for a living. Shouldn't I discreetly take the magazine and then later, when I was alone, masturbate fastidiously over every single image in the magazine, including all the adverts and everything? That would only be polite. But, conversely, on the moral maze, it looked like a fairly softcore porn magazine, which probably wouldn't be enough to get me going, as I've explained getting old now, but it's the kind of porn mag a teenage boy might enjoy, but be unable to purchase themselves. That's like manna from heaven, is it bin porn? That's why if you're 14 years old, that's the only place you can get pornography, well, apart, apart from the internet. Um, but if you, want, if you want to go retro and live like a boy from the 1980s, like I was, that was, you know, that was a rarity that came along. I was, I was saying that if I took it and, threw it and used it or threw it away, then they wouldn't be able to have it. Plus, I was conscious, though, as well, that there was a lot of people around. I'm a nationally known comedian. Uh, I don't want to be recognised by anyone and then become nationally and, in fact, internationally known as the bin porn comedian, a man so desperate for masturbatory material that he would take discarded and second-hand magazines out of a bin. Uh, also, what I have to remember, this is something that most people don't have to worry about with their moral lives, is that most people, when they see me, do think I am Charlie Bournemouth. So I have a responsibility to him and his reputation not to behave in ways that might cast bad light on him and his career. I don't want people thinking Charlie Bournemouth's the kind of bloke who would take a second hand. So, you know, I left me in a... I left, I actually decided that I would leave the magazine. I weighed up and I left the magazine in the bin. So I just yeah. wondered whether people oh, right, yeah. I'd done them. I didn't take it, I left it in the bin, but had, okay. was I acted morally? Well, I've got a couple of questions. Yeah. So did you at any point take the magazine out of the bin and just have a quick look through no, it? No, I didn't. I just uh, are left. you sure? Because no, I you, haven't stayed there. Nick Helmer was with okay, me. Okay, well, you were quite verifying. clear that it was softcore porn, which would suggest to me yeah. that you had had a decent look through no, it. I and maybe... See, no, it's like see white, maybe, you smell it. Let's just say finish the job. Judging by the picture I could see, it was just mm. the lady in her pants with her, and I would say, even in a, a hardcore porn mag, doesn't mm. bother with They don't have like, a, in a hard, I imagine. Okay. So they, didn't, don't, didn't, they don't go and sort of let first, let's show her breasts, and then show her so with being cocks in, in every orifice and wanking off two cocks on the next page. They don't do that, they just yeah. go straight to the, the anal penetration, yeah, vaginal see, pen, double yeah. penetration, cock in the mouth, cock in the ear. I'm forgetting you know a lot about this, yeah. I'm forgetting, you should have done this on Mastermind. <laughs> I should have done. Then you might have so I'm fairly confident it was soft porn. Okay. I didn't look at anything other than the one if, if If in the toilet there had been a high-backed armchair yeah. and a semicircular mat, yeah. would you have taken the I, I, If no one could have seen me, I might have taken it for all those reasons okay. before. So I'm not sure where... Did I do this for my own reputation? Am I pretending that I care about Charlie Borman's reputation? This I mean, is I'm what just, you have to decide. I'm just relieved, because when you said bin porn, I thought you were skull-fucking the corpse of a one-eyed terrorist. So, um, <laughs> anything from there upwards is a, is a relief, wow. frankly. And uh, wow. more worryingly, I wouldn't put the first thing past you, so... Uh, he deserved it. No, there wasn't a man or woman on this earth who wouldn't cheer me if I was doing that. Yeah, no, I'd no. go to the, site, the ground zero and do that. Yeah. And everyone in America would stand up and cheer me for what I was doing. That is what they wanted to see. Yeah. No, I think I, With I the think fish you, you coming out the other the eye. eye socket. I think you fucking the eye socket of a sort of a Muslim hero. I think yeah. it would go down really well. In, in America, it would. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. go and do it in Afghanistan. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> not going to go to Pakistan. That would inflame the situation. Hero, Richard, yeah. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> You've done the show Sweet Christ in the Bike, but would you do the show fucking Bin Laden's <laughs> corpse? 
in Islamabad, would you do that? No, I wouldn't do that because there's a different. On would Ground you, Zero, it would be a respectful thing to do. Would you do it on the Falls Road in Belfast? <laughs> <laughs> I might do that because I don't think there's no. Well, they don't have They would just on be Falls confused. Road. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be confused by that. Under- <laughs> I think you did the right thing. I think uh, you know one man's meat should be left there. Really, <laughs> but even though ch- your child could have walked past and seen a naked woman's breasts. Okay, now I think you've framed it completely incorrectly. Yeah, fine, All you have to do is close the cover of the magazine. Yeah, and I'd have had to touch it. <laughs> I might, might have another man's... <laughs> no, see, now we're getting to, now we're getting to it, yeah. It had second-hand porn. Boy, second-hand yeah. porn! Yeah. I mean, it's probably but like there was a, a man's penis juice on it. thrown it away, but... You know, it's not... It's not like anyway, it's up to the audience, then. You've had the arguments... Yeah, it's, uh, if, I, if you decide I was immoral, then what I will do as a punishment is I'll buy my own porn mag, I will masturbate over every single page, literally over it, smearing the page until it's covered. Completely covered, out of respect for the people, what they've done. It's what they want. Every single, even the advert pages, even the adverts for cars and stuff, they're in there. If there are any, I'll cover those up. Then, after I've done that, I will then give that magazine to a needy adolescent at next week's show. If any 14-year-old boys are listening, if you want a porn mag, it will be covered in the semen of a 43-year-old man, the dried-on semen. But it's still a free porn mag. So if you think I was immoral, then uh, you cheer for that. Uh, if, you, if you think leaving the, bit porn, the, bit, the porn in the bin was moral, then I'll cheer with that. And if you think it was... Uh, well, let's do it in order. So if you think it was... Uh, if you think I behaved in a moral fashion, cheer now! Quite a big... That's beatable. If you think I behaved in an immoral, in, 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 immoral fashion, call now. Great, cheer now. That is definitely more. <laughs> do you know what you've done? This is you. This is what... Zinc deficiency. I think the the punishment's more immoral than the crime. <laughs> There's still a way out of it. If you think it was amoral, cheer now. Yes, yeah, so you, you hear what I said at the beginning. If you still don't understand the difference between being amoral and being immoral, cheer now. Yeah, that's the same people. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's it. The winner is that I was immoral. It's a moral maze. It's a moral maze. It's a moral. It's a moral maze. It's a moral maze. Richard's actions were immoral. Yeah, so. If you are 14, I wouldn't give that. I'm not going to give you have to, If you're 14 or over, for, between 14 and 17, if you're listening at home, you have to come in with proof of identity because I wouldn't want to give a semen coated porn map to anybody under the age of 14. Gonna, I think that would be. I think questions would be asked. I think are that you would be inappropriate. Try it sort of individually, like, separate the pages somehow, or is it going to be a. Uh, that's awful, is like he is genuinely going to do this? <laughs> you know, I hadn't really considered. I didn't think. I thought the audience would think that was so awful that they would vote. Because that was the most. Out of the three things. The other two things, I was definitely immoral, and they voted I was moral. They're just contrary. Don't trust the public about anything. I will. I'll work on it hard. <laughs> it's going to take some work. It's, you help me. I tell you what, if we bring a Paul Mag in next week, you can all chip in, yeah? yeah. <laughs> Just part of, pass a pint glass included. Just, uh, the It'd be like murder on the Orange Express, wouldn't it? No one will know. No one no. This show's going on a long time. Now it's, uh, there's still a lot more to go, so I'm going to move on. Now over to Christian Riley for his weekly song. Late Christian Riley, ladies and gentlemen. This is a song, it's an appeal on behalf of this guy I know. Um, I, I don't know if you'll be able to relate to it, but here we go. He wakes up at 6 a.m. Tired from a night of BDSM With his non-imaginary girlfriend He's got a lucrative TV drama to write But he'd rather make 85-11 tonight After he's watched National Lampoon 
Jones. European vacation. All that he wants is to be on telly. Just on the telly now. All that he wants is to be on telly. Yeah. All that he wants is to be on the telly. Please let him be on telly now. All that he wants is to be on telly. Yeah. He leads a lonely life. The seatbelts are too tight. On a budget flight to Amsterdam. Lusty for a porn mag in a trash can. Wondering how did it come to this? One week it's have I got news for you The next he's in the cafe Nero patrons loo Standing in a giant pool of piss And talking to sphincters All that he wants is to be on telly Just on the telly now All that he wants is to be on the telly Yeah All that he wants is to be on the telly Please let him be on telly now All that he wants is to be on the telly Yeah Cause he's crying in a metaphysical skip Where oh where is my golden joystick? <laughs> show becoming so self-referential it may eat itself so that's nearly the end of this show there are only three more opportunities to see as it occurs to me live ever uh, on the next three mondays at the Les square theater so do come down it's a lot of fun it's a lot more fun isn't it when you come down you fucking idiot uh, i'm uh, i'm also doing two shows this year at the edinburgh fringe you can book ahead for what is love anyway at the underbelly and richard herring's edinburgh fringe podcast at the stand tickets are available though go to the venue websites uh, i'm appearing in pappy's flat share slam down which records on may the 31st that's tuesday at the phoenix in london if you want to come down with the pappy's fun club they're funny boys uh, that'll be available to download for free from iTunes and the British Comedy website. It's a stupid system, because why would you go and see it live if you can get it for free? <laughs> Damn, thought that through. Have you guys got anything coming up, Dan? You want to uh, publicise? Uh, You're going to be on... I'm on Psychoville this week. That's good. Let's <laughs> hope you haven't been cut out. Uh, Emma, got anything to publicise? Uh, yes, I'll be at the Stoke Newington Literary Festival at 7 o'clock on Sunday. Literature has taken a fucking downturn, that's what I'm telling you. And, uh, she didn't say uh, she'd be paid to be there, or <laughs> had been asked to be there. Hanging around. What are you saying, your book? Uh, Christian, you got anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be here next week, this month, next, yeah. next Monday. Probably, uh, I'd like to plug that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> not doing anything uh, yeah, else. Yeah, get it? a few more people in, be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm doing a gig, I'm doing oh. Leicester, a uh, highlight in Leicester on Saturday night. Wow. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's about the best, that, that's the best thing that's often actually they go to people who play in, in the Midlands. You see Christian Riley. Are they, gonna be, are they mainly going to be songs about me, or are you going to broaden out? So Actually, uh, I tried a few this weekend. <laughs> weird. Uh, who's, what are they talking about? So um, just coming up to the the end of the show, the point where I'm uh, traditionally interrupted by some characters. I'm going to make a little uh, edit there. So if you could uh, jump ahead. Uh, oh no, it looks like it's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you again. Hey, uh, hold on there. Uh, don't end the show yet. Yeah, we have something to say about what you said about us and our son, our daughter, whichever one he is, eh? Or she is, eh? Yes, eh? Oh, oh uh, it's the, uh, that's the Canadian, the Canadian. Canadian. It's Canadian. Yeah. It's the Canadian couple who say they, they won't say what sex their son is. Or daughter is. It's obviously a boy. Why you... Or a mannish girl. Well, it could be a mannish girl. <laughs> Yes, and uh, you know, oh my god, it's gone. Right? Yeah, we've flown over from Toronto, eh, to say that we're disappointed in you, Richard. Yeah, it's very easy to mark people for the lifestyle choices they make, eh? Yeah, it is. But it's particularly easy to mark your lifestyle choices and also everything about you, including the way you speak. Because but your lifestyle choice is fucking ridiculous and unworkable. Hey, he is our son. Or he is our daughter. No, she is our daughter, our son. Yeah, that's good. You yeah, and uh, all the, you know, hey, come on now. All parents impose their belief systems on their kids. I mean, look at any religious family, eh? They tell their kids to believe the same as them. Is, is that not ridiculous? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is ridiculous. It's still not as ridiculous as what you're doing, though. That is the thing. Well, can't kids be allowed to work out who they're for themselves? Yes. Really? <laughs> 
so uh, yeah. just that interest. You also not want to say what sex they are, but you don't want to give them any accent. You want to every, you change. Do you say every single thing you say in a different accent so your child won't be influenced by the accent? Yeah, we're we, just keeping them on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> we asked, could we be French Canadian? But no, apparently not. <laughs> no, Toronto isn't in French Canada. But I uh, know uh, they can't. Kids can't be allowed to work stuff out for themselves. Children are fucking idiots. If you don't tell them what to do or frighten them with stories of made-up ghosts and made-up Jesuses, then they will kill themselves pretty quickly. Uh, I agree with you. Gender stereotypes are bad things. We should work yeah, against them, yeah, let people yeah. be whoever they want to be. Yeah. But I also think, you know, you shouldn't wreck a child's life in order to make that point. And you are just equally creating your own moral system, which is just as ridiculous as the one you're opposing. Well, maybe boys would play with dolls if they weren't made to feel that they had to play with guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And maybe girls <laughs> would play with guns. Why does everyone have to play with dolls? It's a common again. Why? Yeah! It's yeah, a choice! Yeah, have choice! I like the choice, dolls, they're not weapons! I know the script isn't very good, but we could at least try and, try and make it work. This is like Cheryl Cole going to America. This is going to ruin our... This is going to ruin our chances in America. I think Canada's pretty much of the fucking... I think iTunes Canada, we're not going to be in the top ten next week. Shall I do a Bomber again? <laughs> yeah, do your racist voice. Do a, di- do a different racist voice. Look, I think the whole idea of willingly having a child is weird and disgraceful. That's the thing. People should dispose of their sex cream properly, either into a pumpkin, semicircular toilet mat, or onto a second-hand pornographic magazine, which they then give to a 14-year-old child. With evidence that he's 14, only with a... You know, some kind of passport or something. I hope if future generations are listening to this in the British Library, and if you respect and revere me as much as I think you will, you'll stop having children altogether and let the human race die a natural death. We're all doomed anyway. I explained we're born astride the grave as we plop into the dirt beneath. We laugh at a couple of podcasts and bad Canadian accents. And then we're gone. <laughs> And seriously, I've actually run out of time now writing the script. It's 3.45, I have to print the scripts up for the rehearsal. So although I haven't really explored this sketch as I had hoped to in the time available to me, as it turned out, it wouldn't have mattered because you would, whatever I'd written, however brilliant it was, no one felt it. <laughs> Here, what it is. So that's the end of the show. Uh, can I just... No, you can't. There's no more script. Oh. And we, we, if one thing happens on this show, we never improvise a thing. Everything is, <laughs> everything is tightly scripted. <laughs> Goodbye! It's a curse news. Read my star, Richard. Oh, Rachel. Harry. Oh, Harry. And performed by Dan. Oh, Daniel. Tetzel. And me, TV's Emma. Oh, Ian. Kennedy. Oh, Kimberly. Christian. Oh, Christine. Riley did all the musical bits. It went for